Well, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. One of the things I have always been interested in is asteroids. And the reason I'm interested in asteroids is the fact that the great die-off involving dinosaurs was the result of a massive asteroid strike that took place a long, long time ago. And most of the climate change that everybody likes to talk about the earth killer type events have all been as a result of strikes by big objects that wound up hitting us. Now, there's more than 900,000 asteroids that have been cataloged in the solar system. About 25,000 are in an orbit that brings them pretty close to Earth. And the European Space Agency, along with others out there, has a list of about 1,000 objects that they watch pretty closely Back in 2013, there was a pretty good airburst strike that took place in Russia. Hundreds of people were injured when windows and doors and roofs exploded and glass flying everywhere and splinters got into people. And while we like to think of these as rare events, there's an awful lot of big objects that are out there. And we basically spend hardly anything in comparison to what we should be spending tracking these things. So there's a new big telescope at the La Silla Observatory in Chile, and then it has a twin in Spain, and so they're tracking things. But it is interesting to note that the discussion on asteroids and asteroid impacts has picked up substantially the chatter among scientists, which makes me think, hmm, I wonder what's going on here. There were 56 murders last year in Portland. That's a 60% increase over 2019. Catch this! There were also 891 shootings, up from 389 the year prior. You've got a really interesting mayor there, a fellow by the name of Ted Wheeler, who apologized to the rioters said they had a right to terrorize and vandalize everything. America is unjust. And he understands their plight. He was elected mayor in 2016. And of course, the George Floyd event resulted in agitators shooting fireworks and burning down buildings. President Trump sent in agents to protect the federal buildings. And Wheeler said, it's an attack on democracy. So, yeah. Then in fiscal year 2021, they slashed the police budget by $27 million. And of course, 100 days of consecutive riots and nights with a grand total of 69 people charged with disorderly conduct. The riots prevented law enforcement from responding quickly to calls. 62% of the businesses in Portland's downtown area say it's not safe. That compared to 5% in 2016. So the question is, how do you get people like this fellow Wheeler in office? And how does he stay in office when you have so many business people who are negatively affected? The only thing I can say, and having thought about this extensively, is that there is a systemic problem in many communities. Many urban areas have got a lot of really bad people. And when you allow people to vote, and they vote only for their self-interest and not for the long-term health of a community, this is what you get. Chicago, 
New York, Philadelphia, Baltimore. We could go on and on with areas that for me are no-go zones. No way, no shape, no form, not going there. So what's happening? Businesses, because of technology, can get up and leave. Don't stick around. And you can see from the most recent census, California lost population, New York, your southern states and some of your Rocky Mountain areas, populations are up, more members of the House of Representatives. This is why the Democratic Party wants to make D.C. a state so they can have two senators and a member of Congress so as to, in essence, completely block Republicans from ever having a chance at retaining the Senate or the House. Politics is a god-awful thing for law-abiding and tax-paying members of the community. And the problem we have is so many businesses are so dependent upon federal handouts that these businesses will do whatever they're told to keep that gravy train coming. Your kids are starving. Carl's Jr. believes no child should go hungry. You are an unfit mother. Your children will be placed in the custody of Carl's Jr. You know, Portland was a cool place. I've been there before on many occasions. Coffee shops, microbreweries, hiking paths within the city. And it's still a cool area, but it is literally an area where you have to go there and know where you're going because you can get in trouble real fast. Get off my property. And as far as the mayor in Portland, you might want to know this. He is now living in an undisclosed location. You're going to like this one. You see, he had an apartment. That's right, an apartment in the Tony Pearl district. And protesters got into the lobby of his apartment complex and set it on fire. Residents of the apartment complex were not happy and told him to get out. And he moved out. And now the mayor has to live in an undisclosed location. (sighs) It is what it is. You may have heard of uh, Jacqueline Mace. Nah, you didn't hear her. She's 31, and she's a drug addict, and she lives in the villages. Wait a minute. She's 31, and she's living in the villages? You see, I have been talking about 55-plus communities for a long time. I've been very interested in the villages and a lot of these 55-plus communities because I've had so many clients that have lived in them, and I understand this thing. I mean, I understand it really, really well. My mother and father, when they retired to Florida, moved into a 55-plus community. So this is nothing new. But what I do know is that a lot of people have children and grandchildren that are scumbags. And these scumbags tend to move in and cause problems. So Jacqueline Mace, M-A-C-E, I find that an interesting name. She was screaming and hollering and carrying on and threatening people. 10 o'clock one evening, and the Sumter County Sheriff's Department had to respond. So she's living in a home in the village of LaBelle South. It's in Sumter County. Deputies get to the scene. And she's from Cleveland, Ohio, and she's nuts. She goes bananas. And she gets very combative, and she's obviously on drugs. She's blown away. Now, the arrest report says that there's a man trying to restrain her and hold her down, and he was bit on his arm. Um, he was uh, he was bleeding, and uh, she's got or he's got scrapes to his knees, and you know obviously it's it's an older dad trying to you know hold down this this kid right kid thirty one. 
So deputies are going to arrest her. She struggles. What else? Typical. They finally get her handcuffed, and she's charged with a possession of controlled substances, drug equipment. And so she gets transported to the Sumter County Jail, and she's released after posting a $2,000 bond. Okay, so what's the big deal? People do these kinds of things all the time, right? Well, one of the things I want you to always remember, never forget, is that when you move to a 55-plus community, and you've sunk your life savings into this new home and, and you like really would like to live a, a nice lifestyle, you can't control who your neighbors are. You might have a neighbor that's just fantastic and all of a sudden it goes to heck in a handbasket. So if you want to have a conversation about the pros and cons of renting when you are retired, give me a call. I'm putting together a white paper. And if you want some information on it, let me know. I'll probably wind up doing... A couple of episodes coming up. I might just do a very special one on this. I'm not sure how I want to handle it, but I've been talking about this for years. And now, folks, it's time for Who Do You Trust? Hubba, hubba, hubba. Money, money, money. Who do you trust? And I've seen more and more and more people. Literally, oh my God, I've got the neighbor from hell. Used to be fine. Oh, they were like heaven. But then they went south. The kids came, the grandkids came, and everything went to heck in a handbasket. So just keep that in mind, because as you get older, moving is not a lot of fun. You want to be near people that you can depend on, who are there for you. But at the same time, you know, a lot of these communities are, their homes are being bought on the resale market by investors and these hedge funds and private investors and mutual funds, et cetera, real estate investment trusts. There's a huge number of homes now in the nation owned by these or just It's a marketplace thing that you just got to be, get a handle on. So some communities restrict ownership for rental purposes. Others, you know, are silent on the issue and whatever happens, happens. But there are some retirement communities, be advised, they look great, but there's a boatload of people there who are renters. And when you rent, there's just not the same ownership interests So there's pros and cons, but not everybody thinks like you and I, meaning they're respectful and they take care of their property and community property. I'd like to start with a list of people I can do without. A proctologist with poor depth perception. Any woman whose hobby is breastfeeding zoo animals. A cross-eyed nun with a bullwhip and a bottle of gin. A waitress with a visible infection on her serving hand. And any man whose arm hair completely covers his wristwatch. Okay, that's enough of that.